this is something that is a part of you now. So you can't go back to the way it was before. You can only, you know, move in a new direction. And so recognizing that is going to be really important. Hey, thanks for listening to We're Momming Today. If you're listening on a smart speaker or website, make sure to find me, Lauren Simonetti, on your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Google, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And don't forget to leave me a review. We're momming today about pregnancy loss, a very uncomfortable but all too common topic that women often choose to keep personal. But suddenly that has changed. I feel like it's changed overnight with Chrissy Teigen, the model, the author, sharing her loss publicly. I mean, even posted photos on on social media. And it's really changing the conversation. We're joined by Maria Brand. She's a professor at Indiana University. And the focus of her study is women's health and ethical issues and also the communication of them. Maria, it's good to have you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being here and talking about this very important issue. Yeah, you know, I have had three miscarriages, and um, I don't really think I told many people, and I'm trying to figure out why. I think because they were early. Um, it's just something we don't talk about. You're absolutely correct. It is something that we don't talk about. And, you know, you said something really important when you, you're not sure why you didn't tell anyone, but maybe it was because they were early. And if you look at our culture, we, we have this this rule that's, that we don't really talk about, this rule that we don't tell people that we're pregnant until we get past that first trimester because we think that's when it's safe. But by not telling people that we're pregnant, then we don't get to tell people then when we have a loss and then we don't get to get that support that we need to help us manage our grief as we experience this loss. And so it's really interesting that this is you know one of the most common pregnancy complications that women experience. Up to 25% of women Will have, uh, who are pregnant will have a miscarriage. And so um, while it's common for a lot of women, it's not uh, common for each individual woman, right? So what I mean by that is like, it's a unique experience. And, you know, I appreciate you sharing your experience by having three losses. Each loss was unique. Each um, experience that you had was unique and we don't talk about it and we need to be talking about it so we can provide support to women in the ways that they need it. What is the best way to talk about it? Um, honestly, when we're communicating with women who've experienced loss, I think the most important thing to communicate is just that you're there, right? You're there for the woman in any way that she needs. And so if you want to sit there and just let her cry, um, or let her scream or whatever it might be, just let her know that, that you're there for her to feel what she's feeling. And every emotion that a woman feels as she's experiencing this loss is valid. And so validating that for her is important. It's also really important to validate the entire experience that this woman has lost not just a baby, but she's lost her identity in some ways and her hopes and her dreams and expectations. And so it's important to acknowledge that. Um, very often, you know, I, I've done research talking with women about what is um, effective and ineffective to hear from people when they've experienced miscarriage. And very often people will say some hurtful things that um, they say in order to try to be supportive. And so they don't realize that it can be hurtful. Like, like what? Yeah. So trying to avoid saying things like, um, well, it just wasn't meant to be, or 
at least you weren't that far along, or it's probably for the best because there was something probably wrong with the baby or things like that. And I think that when people say those things, they don't mean to be hurtful. They're trying to communicate like, you know, things will get better and, and it's okay. But when you do that, you're really invalidating the loss that she's just experienced. This is a very real loss for women. And so instead of saying those types of things, instead of just saying things like, I'm here for you, you know, and just offering yourself and whether they um, want you to provide emotional support or, you know, informational support, let me help you um, find information about a healthcare provider that can give you the care that you need. Or maybe it's some kind of instrumental support, like let Let's go out and, you know, eat a whole bucket of ice cream together, whatever it might be that, that the woman needs, just being there for those specific needs, because it's going to change by, by every woman. What, but what if the woman tells herself that, well, at least I wasn't that far along, or in, in trying to make ourselves feel better, and also to understand that pregnancy is a risk at any stage. I mean, every time I've been pregnant, I've been nervous the entire time. Up to delivery, because it can go any way. And, you know, we've been through that. We understand that. So, you know, you try to maybe talk yourself off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, and that's, and that's fine if that works for the woman for her to cope with the loss. And, and everyone copes with things differently. Um, I think what's problematic is when someone else tries to project that onto the woman, right? If, if, if that's how a woman is choosing to cope and she's thinking, well, you know, um, at least I, I wasn't full term and, and had a stillbirth, which is tragic as well, um, then that's what's coping for her. And that that's okay. I think what we always have to be aware of is that people grieve and cope in different ways and finding effective ways, healthy ways to do that. So obviously, I'm never going to condone going doing something unhealthy to yourself or your body or things like that. Um, but being healthy mentally as well. And so what is it that you need to do to get through the loss, to get through the next day, to move forward with your life is something that we want to encourage women to do. What are resources available for women? Because the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says one in a hundred pregnancies that are, you know, beyond the twenty the halfway mark is affected by a stillbirth. That's twenty four thousand babies stillborn each and every year. I I, I don't know if that I don't I don't know how to gauge twenty four thousand if if that's a lot nationally or, or not. But are there resources for those women and families? Yeah. So um, you know, using reputable and credible resources are going to be important because you know even we've seen like with the pandemic all the misinformation that's surrounding um, just about every issue out there, any health issue out there right now. And this could be true with women who are experiencing miscarriage and stillbirths as well. So, you know, using things like the CDC and the World Health Organization is going to be important. Um, I actually had the opportunity to um, present some research at a webinar just last week with a group called Life Perspectives, which is a non-political, non-religious organization that does offer these types of resources to women and families and healthcare providers who are experiencing loss and helping them to cope with it. And so it's a, an organization, if you um, look online, Life Perspectives, that um, is based in California, uh, but they have a lot of really useful uh, resources on their website to help people in, in managing and coping with loss. Uh, pregnancy loss isn't always so cut and dry. Oftentimes, the, the woman has to make a decision. Um, you know, technology and science is so advanced. You go through one of your scans, your anatomical scans, and oh, there are these problems with 
with the baby. And then you have to have a conversation with your partner and with your family. Um, can we overcome this? Can we deal with this? Can the baby survive a, a decent quality of life? How do, how do those big, big decisions affect how women internalize whatever their decision is, if they have to make the decision to terminate that pregnancy? Yeah, there, it is very complex, as you said. Um, and so I think that being informed is one of the um, most useful things that a woman can do for herself. Uh, but like you said, there's still going to be uncertainty in a lot of different ways. And so making sure that you have a healthcare provider that you're comfortable with, that you can communicate your concerns with is going to be important. Making sure that you have a support network, like you'd mentioned, your partner or other friends or family members who can help you to kind of talk through the issues and help you really kind of weigh the pros and cons for your, your own life and your own family. I'm sorry. Go but ahead. I'm just thinking, and fortunately, I've never, I've never been in this situation, but I know people who have, where the obstacles to trying to keep that baby were so great, there would be no quality of life. Mm-hmm. And you have to deal with the guilt of your decision. Even if you know it was the right decision, you have to deal with that guilt. What do you say to those families? You know, I, I really think that each woman and family has to decide, you know, what is best for them and recognizing that the choice is not going to be easy, right? There, there are going to be a range of emotions that you might feel, whether that be guilt or sadness or even relief in some instances. Um, and so I think really seeking out, um, you know, a mental health provider or a support network person who can help you work through those issues. I I, I I feel for women who beat themselves up all the time on difficult decisions. And, you know, it's not a clean cut decision, like you'd said, in some of these circumstances. And so women really have to surround themselves with a supportive environment that help them to make the best decision for themselves. Um, One of my friends once told me, and she said she was guilty of this herself. Always, you know, you you meet, you meet a, you know, a mom and her children at the park and, um, let's say one of the mothers only has one child and that child, let's say they're five. So they're a little bit older. Um, And saying, oh, is that your only one? Are -hmm. you planning on having more? My friend had said to me, she always said that, didn't think anything of it. I say that, not thinking anything of it. And it's the worst possible thing that you can say to another woman because you have no idea why she has one child. She might want one, but it is sometimes a lot deeper than that. Yeah, that's so true. And for some reason, we just feel comfortable having those conversations with strangers we don't even know. You know, it's almost like we see a woman's pregnant belly and we feel compelled to touch it. Uh, We see a woman with a child playing and then we automatically want to know about her family planning options and what she's going to be doing or why she only has the one child. And so for, it's, it's kind of weird. We're so comfortable talking about that. But then if say that that woman would disclose oh, well, I can't have more children, or we've tried and we've lost them, then the conversation gets shut down and, and people don't want to talk about that. They get very uncomfortable talking about that. And so I think we just have to be mindful um, of the things that we say. And, you know, I'm guilty of doing those types of things as well. So um, we often are just trying to engage in conversation. You know, we're at the park and let's pass the time by talking with another mom or something like that. But um, we really have to be kind of mindful and think about the choices that we make when we do initiate those conversations and recognize that we don't know what's going on in other people's lives. And it could be something that is very hurtful for them. Is there um, something valid to oversharing? Because I have to admit, when I, I saw on Instagram Chrissy Teigen's posts and uh-huh. I was like, wow, why would she even think to take 
pictures of that personal moment. That was my initial reaction. I said, wow, I just, I, I can't, I just can't imagine taking a picture of that. Yes, it's judgmental, but <laughs> can, can you just I- explain what, what she, I, I know she wrote the beautiful essay mm-hmm. about their decision, but I, I would not have thought of taking a picture of that moment. Yeah. And again, this speaks to the uniqueness of the situation. Um, I actually praise Chrissy Teigen for doing that because I think what she's done is she's given people permission to communicate about their experiences. And so people see something like that and people have very different reactions. I mean, you know, I appreciate your honesty and your reaction to that as well. Um, And so I think what we have to do is recognize people cope in different ways, like I'd mentioned before. And this is one way that she wanted to have record of this to go back and reflect and, you know, have this memory, you know, some, some women would choose not to do that. They wouldn't do that. But I do applaud her for like bringing it to our attention because now more and more women, at least for, you know, the time being are being a little more open about sharing their experiences. And even if a woman never shares her experience, at least she knows that there, there might potentially be more of a safe space to do that. Yeah, it it has worked. I've seen so many voices come forward because essentially in a very public way, she allowed them to and she opened the door for that to happen. The other thing that we don't realize is that when with any loss, but I, I think maybe more so for the losses that come later in the pregnancy, it's very difficult to overcome that. Um, and to feel like yourself again, and to even explain it to your other children. Any advice for those for those mothers? Yes. Yeah, so um, I really hate this term, and it's used so much right now when we're talking about COVID, for example, is like the new normal. But I think people understand that a little bit. And so I think what you have to realize, like, this is something that is a part of you now. So you can't go back to the way it was before. You can only, you know, move in a new direction. And so recognizing that is going to be really important when you think about your own experience and your own idea and moving forward. And then communicating that with other people, I think it's important to be honest. And and you mentioned children, other children in the family. Like, obviously, you, you have to choose how much you disclose to anyone, whether that be your, your, your child, your partner, your family, your friends, you know, the public, whomever it might be. Um, but with children, you know, recognizing how much did they know, uh, how old are they, uh, how cognitively mature are they in times and those types of things, but thinking about what you would want to share. And so, you know, I can give an example where I, I experienced a miscarriage. It was actually my first child. Um, I since have have two children. So this was actually before my children, you know, my, my living children actually exist. But one thing is I had a, a small stuffed animal that I had gotten when I had gotten pregnant that I had planned to give to that child. And I kept that and I kept it out and I kept it visible. So as my children, my living children here, as they age and they would see that from a very early early age, they recognized that there was part of our family that wasn't there anymore. And so I would tell them a little bit um, each time that they would bring it up to me. Um, I let them know at age appropriately that you know they have a sibling that's no longer with us and that didn't make it into this world. And so I think that parents just need to be aware of and, and be there to support other people in the family because it's it's not just the woman who experienced that loss. You know, it, it is her partner, it is her family, 
And so being aware of that as well. Well, these are things we have to keep in mind. And I want to ask you when momming today returns, how to communicate the fact that you're even pregnant with children, particularly young children. We'll be right back. Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back on We're Momming Today with Maria Brand talking about the loss of, of a pregnancy. And, you know, I, I remember for my second child, I was so hesitant to tell my first because while she was still young, I thought she would understand and get excited. And then I didn't want to have to explain the chance that it didn't work out to her. Mm-hmm. It, it was easier for me just to not tell her. Mm-hmm. And and I think that was the right decision in the end because I didn't have to explain the loss to her. It's just as if it didn't happen. So I think it was better for her, maybe not for me, but but certainly for her. Yeah, and I think that's something that, um, especially when you're dealing with very young children, it can be very confusing, right? They don't they don't understand maybe even what pregnancy is at that point, or that you know there's a baby in mommy's belly. That seems very confusing to some children, obviously if they're very young. And then just to say, well, the, there's no longer a baby in the belly. That it doesn't make sense to a lot of children. So yeah, it's difficult to know, like giving strict guidelines of like when you should tell your young children or how you should tell them. But I think it's really important um, to be as honest as, a, as possible or as, a, as appropriate for their age. With, if you have told them that they're pregnant and they do know and then you're no longer pregnant anymore, you know, communicating that with them and then really trying to help them understand. So assessing their understanding and let them experience whatever emotions they experience as well. I mean, it might be OK and then they just run off and play or it might be that they're very sad about that because They never got to meet their brother or sister or they're sad because mommy's sad or whatever. Let them experience their emotions as well and help walk that journey with them too. And I think, I think that's one of the reasons why women are so reluctant maybe to share news of a pregnancy in the beginning, because when people, especially close family members start to get really exciting, they excited about it. They inundate with questions, you know, or constant updates. And then, you know, the fear is, well, what happens when there's that negative update? And and then you have to communicate that. So uh, is it just easier to say nothing? For some people it is. Some people it is just a lot easier because then they don't want to have to relive this or do this, say this over and over again, or, if I've told, you know, if I posted on social media right now, do I just go back onto social media and say that I've had this loss? Like that, that seems a little impersonal or um, the, the fear of like people running into people in the grocery store, for example. And now they they ask, you know, well, when's the baby due? And you have to tell them, well, I don't have, you know, I lost the baby and that gets very awkward. And women in particular do a lot of um, managing of other people's emotions. Yes. Like, constantly looking out for someone else. Like, I don't want this to be uncomfortable for them. I don't want to make it awkward for them. And, and we just do that, but we also have to be aware of and look about our own emotions. So think about what's easiest for you. And if you don't want to have to potentially deal with it, that's fine. But if you're excited and you want to tell people that you're pregnant, then you shouldn't have to feel like you have to wait to a certain point to do that. I mean, I, I, I keep saying this over again, but it's just so different and unique for each woman. And I, I think we have to give women grace and just respect their decisions. What do you say to women who, um, who've who had trouble conceiving, who've had trouble keeping a baby, um, you know, and then they might see usually a younger person, someone in their 20s, 
you know, have one missed period and start telling the world that they're pregnant and uh, guilty as charged here. And I say, I say to that younger woman, I said, I am so happy for you, but I encourage you (laughs) to wait this out a little bit before you get your hopes up and tell the world because there's a lot that can happen between now and nine months from now. Is that bad on my part? I wouldn't say that's bad. Um, I think that I, I think you're coming from a place of where you're wanting to, you know, protect that woman in a lot of ways, like letting her just know what realistically could happen. But at the same time, I think we do have to, you know, let the woman experience that excitement. Let her know that it's okay to be excited, but um, and experience all those emotions. I think, uh, especially younger, newer moms, a lot of times are very excited about that prospect, and they they want to tell the world and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen to us, right? It doesn't seem possible. I would have never in a million years thought that I would be a person who would tell people that I had a miscarriage. Right? I never thought that would happen to me. Why would that happen to me of all people, right? I, you know, I, I'm a good person. I do what I'm supposed to do, take care of my, my body, those types of things. But so I think we just really have to you know, support women where they are. If they want to be excited, let's be excited with them. But then unfortunately, if something bad does happen and they have to grieve, we obviously don't want to go back and be like, I, told you you shouldn't have said anything. We want to grieve with them and we want to provide them with support. Yeah. And I think the, I think the bottom line is um, it's not easy. And no, not. I mean, how many people do we know who had like their first child? Everything was like simple and super easy according to the book. And then, and then, oh, all of a sudden that same person, that same woman can't get pregnant. And then she goes through, you know, IVF and then, oh, wow, it's not working. And, you know, the drama just piles on. How many times has that same woman said, you know, I was that naive person who just thought that this was all so easy and perfect. And now I've learned my lesson. It's it's not. And that changes the way that they relate to other people. Absolutely. Yeah. When you experience something like this, you know, um, I've had a woman say something like, now I'm part of this secret society that I didn't know existed. Right. Because there are so many women that have experienced it and it changes you and it changes how you talk about and communicate with other people about it. I like that. The secret society that I didn't know existed because anybody who's been through any trial and tribulation dealing with pregnancy knows that (laughs) Um, there's a lot of people out there. It's it's very common and it is so not spoken about. And we're talking about it now and it's something that you work on and you're raising awareness. And um, I, I guess I learned it's different for everybody through this conversation. It is. It's definitely different for everyone. But at the same time, just let's, let's just be supportive of women. You know, it's we go through so much. Let's just support each woman in, in the way that's going to you know validate her and her experience. Maria, thank you so much for joining us. It's a tough topic to talk about. Um, and, and thank you. Thank you. Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.